And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners, and you're very welcome to another We Are Me podcast with Davey Erskine and Mickey Brennan. And Davey, it's Sunday evening, um, busy weekend, it's been hurling and different things going on, but there was the small matter of the LGFA All-Stars Awards night in the Bonington Hotel in Dublin on Saturday night, and uh, we were lucky enough to be there um, when we had eight girls announced as All-Stars off the meet team. Yeah, fantastically, Mickey. A brilliant achievement. And I, I know we were just talking off air there a couple of minutes ago about, uh, you know, only having eight or maybe just a little bit disappointed to only have eight. But that's probably because, you know, there was 14 girls there on the night who were nominated. And you do feel a bit for them, just like the fact that they've had unbelievable years in their own respect. And, you know, I think it's only a little bit of a bonus at the end of the day. But, you know, they're all, they're all all-stars in, in our eyes, I suppose, and uh, brilliant to get eight, and obviously the Player of the Year award as well. So, fantastic night. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And uh, we we will, on, on our Loyal Royals podcast this week, we will be doing an all-star diary pod um, from the day and, uh, you know, in the lead-up to it, in the build-up to it in the afternoon, and then obviously uh, when we had the eight um, nominations confirmed or the eight um, awards confirmed, we also... As we said, had fourteen nominations, and and the, and the all star, the not the all star, but the player of the year was always going to be coming back to Mead, Davy. So that was one that we were assured of before, and before a ball was even kicked, uh, we knew that we were going to be taking home the um, player of the year award as well. And that's somewhat of a rarity to have, uh, you know, three nominees for the main player of the year accolade, and I think that speaks volumes for the year in which Mead ladies had Mickey. Um, obviously Vicky got, got it in the end didn't she and uh, you know thoroughly deserved but in saying that had Emma Troy or Emma Duggan got it I think we would have been just as happy you know like so they were all fantastic and um, I wouldn't have had to like to have picked you know the winner amongst those three but um, I see Emma Duggan had a laugh and a joke about it with Vicky after it so that was nice to see and obviously from the same club um, but yeah caps off an extraordinary year for Vicky Wall absolutely astonishing really yeah, uh, and it's not over yet. She still has the uh, Leinster Club Championship to enter into, um, where Doug Boyne will be taking on the West Mead Champions in a couple of weeks' time. But we'll we'll come back to that when uh, sooner to the date. And um, again, just on our Loyal Royals podcast this week, you will get that All Stars Diary Pod. Um, we will be doing a review of the minor Division One final between St. Colin Kills and Dunmore Ashburn, which finished two twelve to St. Colin Kills, 1-8 to Dunham Ashburn. We'll be doing a podcast, a review podcast on the hurling semi-finals that took place as well on the weekend and um, with last year's finalists 
um, uh, uh, Dietro, well, the, the two finalists last from last year, both beaten at semi-final stage this year. So um, interesting to see the, I suppose, the kingpins of, of, of Mead Hurling over the last 10 or 15 years, you know, fighting their way back up to the top table in Kildalki and Kiltail. Um, we'll be re- reviewing those two semi-finals. And we're going to do a managerial merry-go-round podcast as well, David Rusman. It's been absolute carnage over the last two, two to three weeks um, with clubs just um, cutting ties with managers and managers cutting ties with clubs. It's been uh, it's been a bit mad, Davy. Of list, as long as my uh, right arm, Mickey, uh, of all the changes and the comings and goings. And, you know, I'm sure there's probably going to be more in the next few weeks. We've, we're going to dedicate a whole podcast to this. So that'll probably illustrate just how mental it's been out there. And, you know, I think it's probably a sign of the times, isn't it? And you do get sort of the soccer vibes off it. You know, nowadays, you know, and I was only talking to to one of the guys that was actually sitting at our table um, on Saturday night, Mickey, you know, and we were just sit, talking about Sean Boylan doing, what did he do at Meads, you know, 20-odd years. Nowadays, like, to, for a manager in any capacity to do two or three years is seen as a long stint, you know, far cry from the days in which Sean was managing and, and the likes of, you know, the Mick O'Dwyers of the world and, and other fellas like that. But, yeah, it's it's incredible. Yeah, it really is. And uh, yeah, that's going to be a, a really good, interesting podcast as well. And again, just before we move on, I want to, just in case anybody, um, uh, I'm sure you, you've heard it at this stage, Davy's sound is a little bit distorted, but we do plan on getting that fixed over the next week or so. And uh, don't worry that our, our, our podcast will, we will get them fixed as soon as possible. We're just having a little bit of an issue with the sound could be the internet or something like that, let's hope. Um, Davey, we're going to move on now and uh, have a look at the results from the Hurling semi-finals from the weekend. There was Hurling finals as well um, at junior level, I believe. Absolutely, Mickey. There was uh, a few games down for decision over the weekend. The first one was on Saturday in the K Windows and Doors Junior Hurling Championship final between Kilmessen and St. Peter's Dunboyne, and it was a one-point win for Kilmessen. They defeated Dunboyne on a scoreline of 15 points to 14, so a great win there for Kilmessen. Um, the, was the intermediate uh, semi-final, sorry, as a doubleheader played in Trim. Yeah, doubleheader in Trim on Saturday in the intermediate semi-finals, Mickey. Um, the first one down for decision was a one-point win for Drumree over Dunry. It finished Drumree 19 points, Dunry 3-9, which is 18 points. So a narrow win for Drumree as they booked their passage through to the final. And in the other game, it was just as tight between Boards Mill and Ratmaline. Another one-point win, this time for Boards Mill, 13 points to Boards Mill. 1-9 to Ratmaline, meaning that it's going to be a Boards Mill and Drumree final uh, next weekend. So that, that has been now decided. There was one game in the Senior Championship on Saturday afternoon, and that was between last year's beaten finalist Retolt and uh, former Jubilee Kingpins in Giltail. Giltail won this one comfortably, Mickey, in the end. 2-22 to 1-10. <coughs> Then moving on into Sunday, there was only the last game down for decision in the Hurling. That was between Kildalki and Trim uh, for the right to play Kiltail in the final. And Kildalki uh, made it back to the final for the first time in two years, where they will play the side in which uh, they beat in that decider by dethroning uh, the reigning and defending champions in Trim. 118 to 13 points it finished in that one. Um, and then there was one other game of note, and that was the minor... Championship Division 1 final between St. Column Kills and Dunmore Ashburn. Uh, that was the curtain raiser to the senior semi-final and it was the Column Kills lads 
who made it two uh, two minor successes in four years by beating Dunham or Ashburn on the scoreline of two twelve to one eight. Yeah, they've they've, they've really kind of dominated that age group for the last number of years, Davy, and, and the future is bright for St. Colin Kills. It's their fourth, that was their fourth final consecutively, uh, Mickey. You know, absolutely ex- extraordinary. And, and we're almost waiting for them to just start to, to, you know, produce that on the adult stage. And I do think it's only a matter of time. Looking at them on Sunday uh, afternoon in Park Talton with the six or seven mead panellists that they had involved, you know, this year, which is scary, you know. It, it is ominous enough and I do think have a potential big name appointment uh, ready to stand in uh, to for their senior job as well, which is only going to you know um, increase their chances of success in the coming years. Yeah, they're 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 a team to watch, and I think they're going to be a team that if they get their hands on one Keegan Cup, you know they could go on and do uh, numerous uh, in a short span of time with the quality of footballers that they've coming through. Well done, St. Colin Kills, and with that Division One. Minor title and a word for Ashburn as well, Davy. You know, <clears throat> beating semi finalists in the senior championship this year, and they have some quality coming through uh, uh, at underage ranks, and, and they're always there thereabouts in Division One of the minor titles and, and, and the minor under 20s as well. Yeah, they were winners in 2018, Mickey, and you know, really, really good competitive stuff. To be fair, Kills pulled away in the second half, but Ashburn gave them their fill of it in the first half, played in front of a Partisan um, packed stand in Park Talton. It was the biggest crowd at the weekend between the three games, and you know probably says a lot. And there was a lot of um, there was no love lost between the supporters on either side. There was a lot of aggro between them, one side of the stand to the other. It was amazing to watch, and that that sort of uh, spilled out onto the pitch when lads were taking frees and stuff like that. I suppose it is the modern day. Not again. I'm, I'm probably a little bit more old school or traditional. Not really nice to see, but it, it is what it is. Um, but really well supported there, both clubs, and you know credit to Column Kills to get over the line. Yeah, absolutely. So well done to Column Kills, their second title uh, in four years, um, and uh, yeah, the future is blue. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, auto more from your phone. Auto more also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised auto more dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. Davy, um, I suppose. Uh be wrong of us not to go back to last weekend and talk about the championship finals weekend um, and of course the Blackwater Inn Kells team of the week for week seven the final weekend of the championship year and uh, you know um, we sat down to do this last week and and it wasn't an easy one to pick um, there were certain positions that were, were guaranteed and whatever but um, I suppose with the weather on Saturday um, you know, for the junior and intermediate final, it probably made things a little bit more difficult um, on pitch side. Yeah, particularly from a forward capacity. We've seen in the height of the summer months, Mickey, 
ridiculous scores being wrapped up, uh, racked up, sorry, across the board. Last weekend, with the sort of conditions and the nature of the games, in particular, the junior, obviously, intermediate and senior did improve a bit, but you were never going to have, you know, nine or ten points. Or you were never going to have one seven or one eight of a scoreline. That was just the way it was. So that made our job a little bit more difficult in terms of picking who maybe had a more meaningful contribution to their game versus other fellas and that. So you might think it gets easier as the season goes on and less teams to be picking about it, not a bit of it. It's actually a harder job. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the Blackwater in Kells team of the week for week seven uh, of the championship it was the finals weekend. Um, we want to thank our sponsors, George and Patricia Plunkett there in the Blackwater in Kells. And as we always say, get into them and have a point and tell them that you listen to the podcast. But um, the team of the week, anyway, would have been as follows last week. In goals, it was Peter Farrell from Trim for his performance against Oldcastle in the intermediate final. Declan Dowling from Trim makes it in as number two. He scored a goal and put in a monumental performance as well um, for Trim against Oldcastle. Wearing the number three jersey was Joey Keener from uh, Dunsany um, for his game against St. Vincent's. Of course, St. Vincent's beat Dunsany on the day, but it was no uh, fault at all to Joey Keener. He, he, he was re- re- rolling back the years and reeling in the years and playing all, <laughs> uh, played awfully well um, uh, last weekend in that junior final. He kept himself very unlucky to be on the losing side. Mark Crawley from uh, St. Vincent's, who was absolutely brilliant uh, on the day as well. He was marking uh, Pierre Fox for a large uh, portion of that game. He makes it in as our number four. Uh, a half-back line was Niall O'Reilly from Wolf Jones. Of course, he kicked a point against Rathout in that final. Um, Shane Glynn um, uh, made it in at centre-half-back from Wolf Tones for his performance. Oh, sorry, I said that Niall O'Reilly got in there for his game against Wolf Tones or against Rathout. It was obviously Dunboyne in the final. Um, he got in the... the the week beforehand, probably for the semi-final um, performance against uh, against Rathout. But uh, yeah, he kicked a point against uh, Dunboyne. Shane Glynn, uh, who was tasked most of the time with marking um, Donald Lennon. Donald Lennon did kick six or seven points for Dunboyne, but only got two from play. Shane Glynn was huge uh, for um, Wolf Tones uh, in that back line. And Gary Chute from St. Vincent's. Another guy who had a, a, a brilliant game against Dunsany. He makes it in at number seven. Uh, Bob Burke from Trim uh, for his performance against Oldcastle dominated that midfield sector. He gets in there at number eight. And he's joined, we've done a little bit of joking about here. He had to get into the team and it was, of course, James Tor, um, centre-back for um, uh, Trim, but operating around that middle third all of the time and, and caught ball and, and drove forward at every opportunity. A half-forward line was uh, the evergreen Niall McCaig for Navin O'Matney's for his performance in the relegation final against Inchocklin. Like This probably was uh, the standout performance of the, of the weekend. Wouldn't have been included really for our Player of the Week um, due to the fact that there was the other lads were performing in finals or whatever. His was a final of sorts as well, but um, what a performance by Niall McCaig. Our centre-half forward was Keen Ward from the Wolf Tones. Um, again, for his performance against Dunboyne, just, you know, the the unbelievable. Like, with the ace in the pack, he just controlled the game um, from start to finish and played it on his terms, played it at his speed. Um, and uh, there are... Fantastic performance from Keane Ward. And he's joined by his club mate, Tom, uh, Thomas O'Reilly there from Wolf Tones. He kicked two points from, from uh, Wolf Tones against Dumboyne and had his best 
album of the year. Well done to Thomas O'Reilly. Full forward line was uh, Owen O'Connor from Trim, another guy who uh, saved his best for to last. He had his best performance of the year in that final, without a shadow of a doubt. Was kicked a goal in a point and set up uh, numerous scores from freeze and, of course, uh, gave Aaron Lynch a handy goal towards the end of the game. Um, Aaron Lynch makes it in at 14. His fourth time making it into our team of the uh, week this year. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, great talent there from Trim. He scored 1-5 against Oldcastle in the final. And then Saren O'Finnegan completed the lineup but 1-2 from play for Wolf Tones against Dunboyne in that senior championship final. Davey, um, you know, when you look at some of the performances there, um, it was it was a, it was brilliant to see some guys that we say, you know, don't usually stand out, standing out last weekend. Yeah, it was it was one of those sort of weekends, wasn't it, Mickey? You know, and particularly in finals, what we do tend to see is like the, the big players or the top marksmen can oftentimes be wrapped up, you know, in, in kind of uh, individual jewels that are sort of matched up based on how a fella's performance is. The emphasis or the onus is on other fellas to stand up and really be counted for. And ultimately, when you look at it, and in tight games, you know, particularly the junior game, you'd have to say, it's those little fine margins that other fellas can stand up and give a contribution that makes a difference on the day, even if a fella, another guy has been kind of carrying the can in terms of scoring or doing whatever all year round. You're never going to win the championship with just one or two players like that. You need a team and I think our team actually reflects that. Yeah, absolutely. And the, uh, for the third time in a row, the third week in a row, Aaron Lynch picked up our top scorer of the week. Absolutely incredible stuff, Davey. Um, you know, and I suppose after the game on on, on, on Saturday, we kind of said to ourselves, you know, it's he's, he's in line for top scorer of the week again. Like who's, who in that senior final is going to kick more than eight points? Um, there was a couple of contenders maybe that we thought could and Don Lennon pushed them all the way. But look, Aaron Lynch is just a, a, a scoring machine. He is. He is. He goes from strength to strength. As you said already, like he, he he probably didn't have his best of days, you know what I mean? But he still comes out with 1-5 and I think that's a, probably a hallmark of, of the man really, Mickey. Um, and uh, yeah, he visited the Blackwater one more time this year. Um, he'll probably miss it on his Thursday because it, it's his annual or his weekly pilgrimage over the Kells into the Blackwater Inn. But uh, what a guy. And I know George has a lot of time for him as well. And he, he likes to see him coming, even if he takes 50 quid off him every time. Lynchy, congratulations uh, on last weekend and top score of the week yet again. Three, as they say, is a magic number. And it's your third consecutive time getting top score of the week. But more importantly, it's third time lucky for Trim. Exactly. Uh, three years later, to be fair now, hard year, uh, three hard years of work and it's finally come. It was a great weekend, great game. I thought it was actually our best performance of the year in the final. As a team, everyone together, 15 men, including the subs, all the bench and all the lads in the squad that push us on all year. It was a brilliant day here. I'm just, to be fair, I'm just delighted and just, I'm looking forward to next year now already. Listen, we've won now, but on to the game now in Leinster in two weeks, hopefully have a good... Um, a big game and that, get through that and then push on to the final stage of that and then obviously senior next year, I just can't wait for it, just delighted now. I mean, when you look at the scoreline, it looked like a comprehensive win but that first half was, I know you probably haven't got a chance maybe to even look back on it yet but 
it was frantic stuff. There was goal chances either end of the pitch. And I mean, Oldcastle had chances themselves to maybe get a goal early on and it could have been different. But, you know, credit to you guys. He's, he's put the foot down towards half time and tried to kick on. Yeah, the first goal chance went to them. Double save and Pizzi mm. only about, I think it was three or four minutes in. I think that kind of woke us up a bit because I think we were a bit sloppy at the start. And then to be fair, we had a couple of our goal chances that we didn't take as well. So that could have played in our minds as well, you know. But soon as we got the first goal, Decky with a great finish. I think after that kind of settled us, chipped on a few scores, and then obviously Stoney got in for the next goal. And then after that going into half time, it was looking pretty good. And then we knew with the wind, if we send on, we could play a bit more of our game, kicking it in and that. And I think it was just perfect, so it was. But to be fair to Old Castle, they definitely put up to us in the first few minutes, and we were a bit wary that we had to have a big game. Good finish by Decky, the veteran, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the veteran Decky. He's been playing for a good few years now. He came through at the finish. He's been waiting for that goal now. So he has. He's constantly running up the pitch saying, I can come and give it off the shoulder to me now. And that one, to be fair, came through and it was a great finish. And uh, I think that was all of his experience coming through there now. So it was. Your own game, because in the first half, you had a really good battle with Keemey mm-hmm. Partland and the lads in there. And in many respects, you almost sacrifice your scoring game to maybe try and tread a few more passes and stuff and come a bit deeper. I suppose, was that... A conscious decision, or was that part of the maybe the game plan? Um, Kev just said to me, obviously start off inside, and then if if because we were going to play the running game, we knew we kind of knew our way. All cast were going to set up against us, so I knew I'd be fairly isolated inside. But if I could take Keen, who's one of their best players out of the game, that'd be one of the most important things to do as well. Like it's not about scoring; it's about team winning at the end of the day. And uh, I just tried when I get the ball, just play one touch, and I'll take too much out of the ball, move it quick. I think for all the goals, if you watch them back, it's nearly one or two touch football. No one holding on to the ball, moving it quick. So it was just brilliant in the end. We took our chances, and yeah, it was perfect. And things did open up a bit in the second half, as they would do with Oldcastle trying to, to come up and play a bit more. Um, and you got the opportunities, and I think you have to owe probably Owen O'Connor a bit of a pint as well for having that last one across to you for the goal. Exactly. exactly. Owen, he's always a great man for that. He's a great player. He's definitely, him and Toe are probably our two most of impressive players in the day, both great displays, especially Owen with the 1 1 first, first half that we needed, especially the point he got as well. Mm. So I definitely owe Owen that. It was, uh, he could have finished it himself, to yeah. be fair. He was only 10, 15 yards out, but he gave it to me. And I was just delighted just not to put a wide, an open goal in front of me. But yeah, I definitely owe Owen for that. It could have been Owen standing here instead of Lynchy. Had he went for the shot himself, he would have finished with 2-1, George. But as it is, it's, it's this man here beside us. I, we're running out of superlatives to describe him. I think this, you know, third time in here, but what a talent. Absolutely. Um, he just keeps delivering and it's no bother to him. You know, as we said last week, um, plenty of lads had, had that ability as a young lad, but fell by the wayside. But obviously he's not going anywhere. He's, he's done it. You know, he so far he's he's answered all the questions and he's a hell of a player. There's no doubt about it. The celebrations, you're not just quite as uh, horse as Sauron was because I think you you packed it in a day earlier than him as well. But he's had a good time of it. Yeah, it was great crack. Listen, you have to celebrate these things. They might only come along once in a lifetime. You know what I mean? So you have to enjoy them over here. And we went back to the clubhouse, which was brilliant. So as we had the first night there, uh, obviously we went down to Leans after, but it was just brilliant to have the whole club together. Everyone was one, you know what I mean? And just hopefully now for the future lads coming up, that just gives them a good example, you know what I mean? And hopefully in the future they can send on. 
Absolutely. You're a very ambitious young fella. Um, you'll be looking forward to the Leinster Championship and looking to have a real tilt at it. The Feckins, that's a big mead, loud derby, you know, something to look forward to. Mm, definitely. Very looking forward. I can't wait now. I actually just can't wait to go back training there next week, get all the boys back together now. It'll probably be a football week now for the next maybe week or so, but we still have good numbers down there and hopefully now with the boys, they're ready to come back, drive on, which I think they definitely will be and uh, just can't wait for the game. There'll be a tough opposition, but... I think now it'll be a bit more open now, hopefully, both teams, and hopefully we can just get the win. Absolutely. George, there's nothing probably stopping Trim from going on a bit of a run. We've seen Mead clubs, particularly in Leinster, at intermediate level, do extremely well. The likes of Retold, Colm Gills previously as well. There's no reason why Trim can't be another one of those. Absolutely not. No, um, Mead clubs have been performing very well at, at intermediate level, and junior as well, mm. in fairness. Senior kind of has maybe, recent times, hasn't gone... On the plan, there's been a few close calls as well, but um, yeah, there's no reason because Trimmer, look, as we said it here before, they're, they're probably were a senior team and intermediate, same maybe as Belive or a, a junior, or a intermediate team in junior last year. They were a step ahead, but they had to go and do it and they did it, so the best of luck to them and hopefully they will represent Mead well because, you know, we want to be, we want Mead football back where we kind of feel it belongs up there near the top of the tree rather than struggling so I think Trim are well equipped to give a real good account to themselves and hope to do yeah very much so just finally that's 150 euro vouchers in the bank Mm -hmm. the woman's going to be looked after for Christmas isn't she Uh, maybe yeah I have to look after the family first as always so it is Mum, dad, all that as well, and then uh, yeah, I'll have to sort out her in the end. So definitely. <laughs> well so, done. Well Thank you very much for that, David. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah. So that was Trim's Aaron Lynch. Um, great guy. Um, a great time for him. But Davy, moving on. Anyway, the Blackwater in Kells Player of the Week for Week Seven. We did have a few nominations. Um, I already said like Nine McKeg. Purely for the perform, like the, the performance that he put in for Navin O'Matney's uh, in that relegation final was in the reckoning, but we, you know, we tend to give it to the player who's playing in the actual finals. Um, I suppose had had it been any other day, had it been a round one game of the championship or whatever, Niall McCaig would have been nailed on for player of the week. But uh, we did have a few standout performers, you know, Mark Crawley and Gary Chute from St. Vincent's were excellent. Um, Shane Glenn from the Wolf Tones. Uh, Kian Ward could have been mentioned in there as well. Um, Owen O'Connor for Trim. He had a fantastic game as well throughout the game. Um, but we ended up giving it to Saren O'Finnegan uh, for his performance in the final. Kicked 1-2 from play. Highest scoring player from play over the weekend. Aaron Lynch got 1-2 from play as well. But I suppose Owen O'Connor handed him a goal that he didn't really need to. But, uh, you know, Saren O'Finnegan had to work for all that he did on the weekend and was a, he was just a great outlet for Wolf Tones in that full forward line when he was soldiering up there on his own the whole time. Well I'm sure Shep would probably say that he handed him a goal as well, but he look at it, in fairness he did have a little bit more to do with his chance than Lynchy had to do with his, you know, but uh, he took it well and you know he, he was a player that was sort of up from it for, for the start. I know he was an injury concern as well going into the game, you know, as as were a couple in the Wolf Tones. Dan O'Neill was another one, but from the start, you know, right through the game at crucial moments, he was the one to go to from the inside line. Um, and his scores were all impeccably timed. You know, they all came at really important times for the tones to break, like a sequence or a passage of Dumboyne dominance, you know. And uh, he was an outlet time and time again, really. He was absolutely outstanding and thoroughly deserving of uh, the award. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, well done to Sarah O'Finnegan. And we wish them the very best of luck when they will 
take on the Dublin champions in uh, the Leinster Championship in a few weeks' time. And uh, well done to Sarah O'Finnegan. Sarah O'Finnegan, Blackwater in Player of the Week. A uh, little bit hoarse, and we'll excuse you that because I think the celebrations have only just about wound down. But once again, congratulations on the, the success over the weekend. Congratulations on the award here this evening as well. Well deserved. Yeah, cheers. Thanks very much. Yeah, look, voice isn't in the best of shape possible, but look, it's a massive achievement for a little rural club like us, you know. So a lot of people never really gave us a chance all year, and we, we just went out and we proved everyone wrong. So we've just stuck together as a wee group. You know, there's about 30 of us training every night, so we worked hard, we pushed each other on. And I think, as Michal McDermott said there in one of his interviews during the week, he said, like, some nights we'd come off the field hard frustrated because the defenders just never give up. They're just always nipping at you and biting at you. So, yeah, look, we've put in a serious shift all year and thankfully all paid off in the end. I suppose we spoke to you after the game. It was a bit of a whirlwind of emotions. Can you remember too much after the game? Like Because you've been pulled and dragged. So there's people coming up all over the place. It was incredible. It was almost dark. It was about five o'clock and there was loads of Wolf Tone supporters still out onto the pitch I can only imagine what ensued after but it was really really great to see this outpouring of emotion across the board Yeah look I remember the high ball came in and it broke kindly for us and then the next thing I heard was the final whistle and next thing I knew there was just people hitting me left right and centre just celebrating so yeah look look, we experienced it four years ago with the 21s it was kind of similar tight game we won it in the end so yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. Like I, you can't really put it into words, and I don't think it'll actually hit home until maybe another week or two time when we're still training, preparing for Leinster. So, yeah, look, it was the emotion was incredible. It was just I, I can't really describe what it actually felt like. So, what about yourself personally? Because I know you put in a huge amount of work on your own game as well to maybe get you where you're at now. I suppose give us a little bit of of an insight into that. Oh yeah, look, it's. All you have to do is a, a wee bit of commitment and a bit of effort, get get nailed the basics and you just keep training, keep plugging away. But thankfully, you know, I was lucky enough to train with some great lads all throughout the year, you know, all throughout lockdown we were always pushing each other on, running, gym, kicking a bit of ball, you know. So if it wasn't for them I probably wouldn't have put in as much effort, but I knew we had such a strong, tight group of lads that if you just put in that bit of effort and commitment, you get your rewards in the end, and thankfully we did. So, I suppose you're young enough still to maybe be considered for a county call-up, and there's a bit of talk about that in the days after the final. I know it's not something that probably entered your head much, but is it something that you'd like to maybe pursue down the line? Oh, yeah, look, I suppose it's kind of every young lad's dream to play for a county or whatever, but... I'm happy enough where I am, you know. Yeah. I'm playing with me the lads I've grown up with since I was a young lad, and club success is better than any success. So, yeah, look, we'll see. I'll take it day by day, and if you get a call, you get a call. If you don't, you don't. Won't bother me. Yeah, George. The, I suppose the romance of the whole thing with the, with the club and how highly Sauron talks about the tones and what it means to the area, and that it's brilliant. And obviously, you come from a, a rural sort of place as well, like like I do. It's it's great to see that still getting that bit of success nowadays when I suppose all the towns and cities and big places are seemingly snapping it all up. It's a bit of a throwback. It is actually, yeah. It's great to get um, a bit of silverware down this neck of the woods yeah. because the last the last few years everything has nearly gone up there. So it's great and it, it shows what it means to small rural clubs. It's a great achievement. 
massive achievement and as you said nobody gave them a chance as they went on but um, they seemed to relish the tag of the underdog maybe there was no pressure on them or whatever but they seemed to relish it and they embraced it and they're top of the pile and they're deservedly so Absolutely you were talking to him about his goal as well and I suppose we, we said it to him after the game as well that probably happened fairly quickly but it would have been very easy to, to either palm the ball or snapshot the ball straight away but he showed great composure so early in the piece as well to check back inside and you know elude the two defenders and finish brilliantly then yeah, if he had to panic or, or take it straight away, it was fair chance he was going to be blocked. But as good forwards do, he just he made that little bit of room where all of a sudden there was none, and all of a sudden then he was it was a simple task then. But he, he made the room himself by the dummy. He did the right thing at the right time, and as it, as it happened, the goal was the decisive score in the end. I'd say when you went to bed Saturday night, that was the sort of dream start that you probably managed in your head really to get the ball in such space put in the net and after that you really seemed to enjoy your football everything opened up for you and, and you went on to have a fine game I suppose just how important was it to get the goal so early and, and really settle you in yeah look and you know, we had a bit of a, <coughs> a rocky start with the black card and you know, I missed drop one short but you just park it leave it behind you and you, next ball hmm. it's, it's always the next ball so like as soon as I got the goal, I wasn't thinking of the goal, it was the next ball and how we could just push on. And the boy came back at us, and I think they got it was it a draw before we got our next score. But just like the retoke game after the penalty, we just don't panic, we just regroup, resettle, get the next score. It's all about the next ball, so worked out for us in the end. How are you still standing? Yeah, I don't know. It was it's been a long, long few days, but it's been a great few days. You know, out in Calberry, it's been absolutely hopping. So, yeah, look, as as it was said there two seconds ago, it, not much has come up to North Mead there in the last few years, apart from Nobber. So, look, luckily we changed that, and yeah, we're we're top of the pile. Yeah, Frank O'Reilly's come in. I think he wants to steal a bit of your thunder, <laughs> lads. <laughs> not this year, um, but I suppose you're looking forward to the Leinster Championship now as well. It's three or four weeks away, and. Probably from next week on, preparations will start in earnest for that. Yeah, look, we're we're already thinking of next week and how we're going to prepare for the Dublin champions. But we have Stephen's wedding, and we'll take that in our stride as well. If the if we have to alter stuff, we'll hopefully try to get it altered. But if 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 we can't, we just we just dig deep and play with what we have, and hopefully hopefully we beat that because the bonus of uh, winning that game is a trip to Croke Park. So. Be, it'd be a great day out for the parish. Well, congratulations and enjoy the Cheers, voucher. Thanks very much. Cheers, thanks very much. Just want to say thanks to George and Patricia Plunkett in the Blackwater Inn in Kells and uh, encourage all of our listeners that when you are in Kells, if you're going for a pint, pop in and say hello. Um, as we said before, there will be a big bar at the front, there a little snug in the back, and there will be a massive beer garden out the back as well and they love to talk a little bit of uh, uh, GA as well David we're going to move on now to the upcoming fixtures um, and uh, the ones that we have down I suppose would be um, next Saturday the 20th um, in Drada at 1pm St Vincent's will be taking on Glen Emmett's um, of Loud in the Leinster Club Championship and you know that's that's a huge game for Hugh Dorgan and the lads and as we've already pointed out in our last couple of podcasts, Hugh will know an awful lot about this Glen Emmett's team. 
He will indeed. And look, I, I think that's only going to be an advantage for them, to be honest with you, Mickey. Um, they shouldn't know too much about Vincent's, and I doubt Hugh is going to be spilling too many secrets to them you know, over the last while. But you know, from listening to him in his interview with yourself last week, he's really looking forward to that and probably has been since the draw was made. Obviously, he wasn't going to take his eyes off and say any, how could you? But this was a nice little carrot for them, I suppose, when they did get through. And I suppose in the contrary to what... Uh, what what happened in 2018 when they went into Leinster on the back of losing the final to Dunboyne? Yeah. That feel right, you know. It didn't feel right from from whatever side of it because they were beaten and it was probably a bit of a whimper. I'd expect them to go in and and give a really really good account of themselves. I, I do think they're um they're a side that have the potential to go well and and they sort of fit the winter football element of it as well, you know, and they can dog it out if they have to, etc. So. Let's wait and see how they go on. That's going to be a tough game, though. Glen Emmons have been a really young old team in Loud. They've won junior on, on a few different occasions, but they've dropped down. So they're they're there, thereabouts, time and time again. I suppose just like Vincent's are, really, aren't they? So that should be a good game. I'd expect it to be incredibly close and uh, meet and Loud, and there wouldn't be a whole pile of distance between the two clubs either. So, yeah, it should be a fascinating one. Yeah, there'll be, there'll be blood and thunder in that one. We know that from recent years between Mead and Loud. Uh, um, performances or, or, or matches or whatever. And uh, Davey, um, on the other fixture front, I suppose the, the trim, trim bubblers um, are down to play Wednesday week, but that that's, there's a little bit of confusion about what may, might happen there. Yeah, because St. Feckins, who the play, the, the loud intermediate champions, are actually in the junior hurling, the Leinster junior hurling next weekend. So people are saying, oh, well, the trim were obviously knocked out of the hurling today. Why can't that game go ahead next week? The answer is because their Feckins are hurling. If Feckins were to be bet in that hurling game next Saturday, then the Trim and Feckins game, which is down for Wednesday week, wouldn't take place on Wednesday week. It would be pushed on to the following weekend. But if Feckins win, they'll be out the following weekend again. So the game will definitely be on Wednesday night. So look at uh, I suppose from Kevin Riley's standpoint, obviously disappointment for the club to be knocked out of the senior hurling, but now they can actually focus on the Leinster, which is going to be huge because had they won, they would have been playing a, a, a mid senior hurling final next Sunday and then playing potentially, you know, two or three days later on the Wednesday, which wouldn't have been ideal with a huge crossover. So I'd expect the best foot forward, they've been instilled as the favourites for the intermediate in uh, Leinster. So that's that's going to bring a big burden. But I believe these Vekins lads, they're, they're no Dawes. So I'd expect them to give Trim a really, really stern test in the first round. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we know that the uh, uh, Mead Senior Champions, Wolf Tones, will be taking on the Dublin Champions. That final, I think, due to be played next week, Davey. That's, yeah, that, that, it could be Saturday night or Sunday, I'm not sure. And the uh, fixture is down for the first weekend in December. Now, that is subject to change. I know the Wolf Tones are desperately trying to get a change because of of uh, um, circumstances outside of their control, Mickey, shall we say. But let's let's just wait and see what happens with that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Davey, I don't think we have any other fixtures to run through, do we? Not that I know of, Mickey, no. Okay, well, uh, I know that the, the ladies' uh, Leinster Club Championship as well, we should have uh, fixtures by next weekend, but we'll do a full uh, run through all of the fixtures um, on next week's We Are Me podcast. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, 
Automore from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automore dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. David, we'll move on now to our lotto segment and uh, have any of the PROs been in contact with you? Yeah, Dunshockland and Royal Gales have been in touch uh, to give us the results of their last lotto draw. They had no jackpot winner. Uh, the numbers from were 10, 14, 24 and 28. They had three match, three winners who collect 70 euro each. They were uh, Neil Call, Julian Cooney and Noel McGivney. Uh, the next draw is Monday, the 15th of November at Half 8 Live on Facebook. 13,000 euro of a jackpot, 13,000 of a reserve, 3,400 of a second reserve. Um, a huge thank Thank you to all of our supporters. If you're not in, you can't win. Play on Club Force. Hashtag we will rise again. So that's a defiant message from Dunshockland following their relegation to the Intermediate Championship last weekend. Um, and now, next in, and theirs is also still currently capped at 10,000 euro with the reserve increased to 7,800 next Monday night. Uh, you can play it online at manavigfc.ie on the Club Force app. 119. Sorry, 1, 9, 14, and 27 were the numbers drawn. Three 20-euro winners who are Brian Elliott, Brendan Martin, and Giles Drum. Curaha next in, and uh, their 5,000-euro jackpot was not won, which means it rolls on to 5,100-euro next week. Uh, there was two match three winners who collect 50-euro each. They were Ray Toner and John Woods. Numbers drawn were 6, 10, 19, and 25. You can play that one at curahaga.com or via Clubs app. Minolte, the biggest in the county still at 15,000. The reserve is by another 200 euro tonight. So it's at 10,000, uh, which the reserve is at already, which is great. Online draw closes at 8 p.m. But if you do miss it, you can obviously go into next week. And um, they have a special weekly prize of 50 euro for online entries only. You can play it on Club Force. Navino Matinees is on Tuesday evening at 9 p.m. 10,100 euro of a jackpot. You can play online or in the club at uh, Navino Matinees, um website. Old Castle GFC is €12,000 next Wednesday. That's another one for Club Force. Uh, Kilmainham, €8,300 every Monday night. And the final one on my list is from Gail Column Kill, €12,000, which is currently capped at uh, 3, 23, 24, and 30 were the numbers drawn. One match, three winner who collects 150 quid, And that was Lily Rowe. Good stuff, Davey. And the ones that I usually have, I have the one in there from Central Send. You can do it under Smart Lotto or go to their website and you'll find the link there. Their lotto is still at €10,000. Hasn't been won now in quite some time. And then the Simonson one, uh, the jackpot last week was 7100 There was no winner. There was only one match three. It was Michelle Chinchilla. Uh, the numbers drawn were 5, 30, 31 and 32. And uh, next week's draw will be a 7,150. You can play online or through the Clubs app. The Clubs app app. Um, also, on a side note, uh, Jelly is no longer working in the Roundo pub. Um, he's moved on to another job. So as soon as we find out where Jelly is working, we'll let you know and you can go in and you can buy, still buy the tickets off Jelly wherever he is these days. We just don't know where he is. When he comes back and lets me know, I, I will let you know, David, because I know the people want to know where Jelly is this these days as well. Yeah, absolutely. He's a he's a popular man. Bit of an enigma, isn't he, our Jelly? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's one way of describing him, all right. 
Um, <laughs> Davey, we're going to move on now to our Instagram interactive, and uh, I'm sure you've had a, one or two um, messages from from the lads out there. Absolutely, I have. There's been a, there's been a few in, and uh, the first one comes in from Ushin Omorku, and he said, "Danny Echo Echo." Answer Danny's second name. Yeah, um, yeah. So he's sweet left foot today. Was he playing with the minors? He was. He was playing for the Column Kills. He was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I, I can't pronounce his name, but he was playing for the minors. Does he have a brother that was? Uh, he did. He was. He was with the the, the last, the last. minors. Yeah. just two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Great times. Brilliant players, brilliant players. So I didn't get to see. Did, did he score a goal with his left? Is that it? No, he got a he got a point with the outside of his left. It was a lovely score, and then he sliced another one wide, which will get one in in a minute for. But uh, yeah, he, he was brilliant. To be fair to, um, that was quickly followed up by Oshin Brennan saying the strength in the kills defense, and that's a bit ironic because Oshin is a defender at Whitson Column Kills. Ah, let's see. But it is it is a brilliant defensive line, you have to say, in fairness. Um, Huey Corcoran says, Danny has no left foot and will never have a left foot. Ooh. Maybe getting a bit jealous, seeing yeah. point with the outside the left. Maybe he's uh, he's starting to worry, maybe. You know, um, the next couple of years under 20 and then pushing on and looking for a mead spot, he's probably not trying to knock him back a bit. Hmm. Joe McQueenie asked, will Kills translate their minor success into their senior team? You'd imagine so. Um, I suppose one of, the, one of the things that we've noticed, even in, in, in mid circles, is that you know you have to bridge the, the gap from under 17 to under 20. So you do, um, because a lot of lads can fall back. So you have to put in that effort between 17 and 20. And then once they get to 20, then they're primed and ready for senior football. So um, it'll be interesting to watch. Absolutely. The love for Danny continues with Sophie Hogan saying, Danny is an outstanding performer and easy on the eyes. And easy on the eyes as well. Um, well, look, uh, if, if that's the way she she feels about him, well, then that's 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 great. We can't be starting. It. We're not Tahi O'Shea and, and Marty... Um, Thankfully not, though. Thankfully not. We've been calling a lot of things, Mickey, but nobody is. <laughs> yeah, um, that's in, that's in reference. That's in reference to the ladies' all star awards. I say they were hosting it, and uh, you know they got into that kind of talks with the people at the uh, at the awards ceremony. Speaking of which, Shane Mangan is next in, and he said oh. Mickey wore the tux to Breffney today. Up, Rammer. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. I was up early this morning, not as early as Davy Wrestling now. I won't lie, but I was up early this morning, and uh, I did have the, I did have the uh, the change of clothes with me and headed for Bradford. I, I would have looked well, um, you know, commentating on the radio when it took. You would have, yeah, absolutely. That would have been a sight. And um, next in is Sean Fitzgerald, and he said, "Veteran Declan Dowling announcing his retirement." This is in reference to he talking about Declan Dowling, the cornerback from Trim, and branded him a veteran when indeed he's actually younger than me, Mickey, um, and he's 24 years of age. And I did apologise to poor Deck uh, because I did think he was a little bit older, but uh, no, he's an outstanding performer, and I, I'm pretty sure that's tongue in cheek from Fitzy. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it is. Um, you know, the, the years haven't been kind to, have they? 
<laughs> Poor Declan looks way older than he than he is, Davy. In your eyes. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he doesn't play like it, and uh, yeah, absolutely. And um, next one in is from uh, Kiro Donahue, and she said Kiltail for the double Hurlan and Kimogi. Oh well, look, it's on, and um, they're there. Um, you just never know. Yeah, it'd be massive, I suppose. They, they've done, they've made massive strides in the Camogie in recent years as well. John Davis at the helm as well, you know. So great to see them back there, and great to see them in the lads' final as well, because they've been a few years away and seem to have a little bit more added hunger now this year. So we'll keep an eye on them. Uh, Aaron Lynch said Declan Dowling getting the goal to send Trim Senior and announcing his retirement after. <laughs> uh, I wonder what pub he announced his retirement and, and what day it was. Um, but uh, yeah, um, look, uh, they deserve to go out and, and celebrate and have the crack. And I'm sure Aaron Lynch is front and centre of that celebration. Yeah, Evan Connor said Sean Leonard brings the sauce. Does he? Yeah, yeah. he's he's, he's different gravy, isn't he? Um, unintended Sean Leonard class act, and uh, he's a big future ahead of him for both club and county. There's no doubt. Um, Joseph. Shepard Brady said, maybe give your own LGFA All-Stars. So does he mean if we were to pick ourselves or would we do it any differently? But yeah, would we do it any differently? Yeah, would one to fifteen it'd be <laughs> would we yeah, definitely one to fourteen. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. and Jenna Lynch would have been in there as well. Of course, of course, but um, yeah, from the nominees. Yeah. Um yeah, like do you know, there's a few girls that can keep themselves very unlucky. Um, I thought Stacey Grimes was very unlucky now myself um, not to be in there. Um, but yeah, look, it's 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 a, it's a brilliant to hit eight of them. And, you know, this time last year, would we have been thinking about even having eight nominations, never mind eight uh, All-Stars. So it's, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, not a hope, um, to be honest. The next one is from Adam McDonald, and he says Gavin McVan antics on the bench for Kiltail yesterday with two laughing faces. I'm not quite sure what's going on here, but I've asked him to let us know, but I haven't got anything back as of yet, Mickey. Yeah, we'll have to get the information there, and um, you know, if there's a video of it, send it on to us. Uh, Joe Morgan's disgrace that the All Stars weren't aired live on TG Carr's main station. Um, it's probably better off it wasn't <laughs> definitely when uh, Sweet Caroline we got we got caught rapping as well in the middle of that so yeah, yeah. maybe so but uh, yeah that's, um, I think that's more no sorry there is a couple more Mark Crawley said Niall Tallon the Georgie Best of Mead football <laughs> well, I, yeah. it, it was Georgie Best fond of a tan <laughs> yeah, well, Georgie Best had a nice old time, so he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, spent most of his time, I'd say, in, in, in Portugal or something like that, in between games, drinking cocktails and coming flying home for games, I'd say. Um, but um, we'll have to see more of that, more of uh, more of that over the coming weeks now when they go into the Leinster club. Yeah, you wouldn't see it, Mickey, with the raid that does be off Nile Talon most of the time, but. Uh... He's, he has to get himself out of the shadows of the bench at the moment. That's where he's been stuck in recent weeks. So uh, maybe it's not a tan. It's just uh, it's just the shadow of the bench. That's, yeah, uh, he's not used to that. But uh, look at I'm sure we'll see him at some stage uh, over the coming weeks. Jack Walsh uh, in, and he said, "No way, fans in Daily Mount for the Dublin Derby again." FFS, absolute joke at this stage. 
look, if they're, if they're going to cause trouble, you can't have them in, and that's just it. That is it. And uh, that is it from Instagram Interactive, Mickey. Yeah, well, the final one's from Jelly, and it's uh, there's no fireworks to talk about this week either. Um, that was his final message to me. He hasn't informed me where he's working yet, but as soon as we find out where he is, we will um, we will inform all of our listeners of his well-being. Um, Davey, have you anything else for this week's VRB podcast? No, Mickey. That is it for me. Okay, well, look, again, just to sign off and say well done to uh, the Mead Ladies on uh, on eight All-Stars Awards and, of course, uh, Vicky Wall getting the Player of the Year Award. It was a fantastic night. Well done to everybody involved in the LGFA because they really ran a smashing, smashing night in the Bonington Hotel in Dublin. So um, that's it from this episode of your We Are Mead podcast. Remember, we are Mead by Management.